0: So I went and got on that canyon edge, and Randy stayed back, and I found him. I got to 300 yards, and then at that point, I got a really good look at the buck, and uh... That sealed the deal, I I was gonna, I was all in at that point, after seeing them from that close. And I kinda, I got stuck on the edge of that canyon, got there without them seeing me, and they acted like they were gonna lay down. And so I just stayed put, but there really wasn't much cover around me. I was just kind of tucked in some rocks, watching them, And and they milled around and stood around just one juniper tree forever. And I thought, boy, that's, this is probably where they're gonna bed. The second day, I didn't even see the buck. Uh, that other group did in the middle of the day. I, I couldn't tell you what all the other hunters saw, but I built the blame, but I didn't sit it that evening. I just hunted around there and man, there was people surrounding that meadow. It's like the word got out and uh, they were <laughs> they were all over the place. He stood up, he was perfectly broadside and he started looking around for his does. And then um, as I was just getting ready to settle the pin, he twisted to walk away and, uh, and stopped, quartering away really hard. And I just settled my pin and released and, and that arrow just arched right into his last rib and just drove right up into his brisket. And uh, he ran, he ran about 80 yards, just blood going everywhere. Uh, tried to make it up and over Boulder. Couldn't make it, uh, backpedaled a little bit and tipped over. I catch a flash of movement and all of a sudden, this buck comes running out of the trees. It's the big buck and he's got an arrow stuck in his shoulder and he is flying out of the trees and right on his tail is a coyote. And that coyote is chasing him right out into the middle of the meadow. And I I do believe that he felt comfortable in this meadow and and that's where he wanted to be, you know, with a coyote on his tail, he wanted to be out in the open. After being there like an hour, another coyote comes and starts like trailing this thing and I said okay enough's enough and so I got behind a big ponderosa pond mine, and I walked right to him the buck couldn't see me because I was behind it and then I stepped out and shot him at 50 yards and and then he you know it was over at that point but uh, the coyotes, coyotes are crazy man. Hey guys, welcome to
1: 2024. Thank you for all the years of support. I've been at this a long time and uh, appreciate you sticking with me. And if you're a new listener, thank you for tuning in. If you could help me out by going to iTunes or Spotify and leaving us a review, really appreciate it. Helps me keep this free. Speaking of keeping this free, check out Phoenix Shooting Bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20% on everything that they have. And lastly, if you could, do yourself a favor, help protect hunting, help protect your heritage, and get involved with Howl for Wildlife. That's Howl, H-O-W-L, for wildlife.org. Go check it out, get involved. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode. I got Creed nut on the phone with me today, and he's going to, we're going to talk we're talking you, you shot a mule deer bro i thought you were a coos, coos deer guy do or die
0: <laughs> i am a coos deer guy do or die until until you see I a, a giant like right that
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until you shoot a giant like the one you just did yeah. he's a, he's a beautiful looking deer man i those big wide bucks and plus he's got character to boot you know yeah it's kind of hard to yeah. kind of hard to pass that up
0: <laughs> yeah you know It's funny as i i I mean, I had to talk myself into shooting him. Just, you know, you just have I have all these big coues deer plans every year, and mm-hmm. uh, it helped that I had some history with this buck. And yeah, uh, just he just has that that shape. I couldn't walk away from him. I I tried. I really did. And yeah. I just I couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, he's super impressive. I've seen you, I've seen your picture pop up with him on like five different other feeds. You've been you've been bouncing around a lot with it. <laughs> yeah so yeah no it's, it's yeah i can
0: i can promise they're putting it on their feed because of the deer you know not my ugly mug
1: oh uh, yeah well we know we know you're you handsome son of a gun wasn't attracting the uh, people to <laughs> people to buy things no but i you know who was it that i saw oh yeah it was marsupial and he put mr consistent and that's exactly what i thought of you that that's going to be your new nickname man he he, he <laughs> pegged you good mr consistent yeah
0: you guys are gonna curse me <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay i take it back
0: yeah i take it back no i don't i don't what what people don't realize is how much i fail i mean it's, it's well but i, yeah, I lose but, a lot more than i win
1: for sure of course but you're putting in the time right so
0: right.
1: you put the time in and i tell that to people all the time like you like You got to understand, you you look at these guys that are on social media, you know, first off, social media is designed to show you only the good side of things. Like Most most people are not showing you their failures in life in general, let alone in, in hunting. So you're only seeing the good, but you didn't realize that, you know, that guy probably put 10 days, 12 days, whatever, a month into how many stocks and whatever to, to make that happen. You know, and people always try to like compare their lives to what they're seeing. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you right. can't compare. You can't, you can't do it. You know?
0: Yeah, no doubt. I've
1: yeah. always had a really not, and not to take away anything from the guys who are grinding it out and spending the time. But I always had a great admiration for the guy who was consistent or a guy or girl who's consistent, that could only spend five days hunting, or could only yep. spend if you you know didn't have, and they you know they and then they were still getting it done. That's like those are those are uh, you know the people that have. I think. Well, I mean, I guess there's always luck involved too, but there's a certain something about them that they figured something out to make it happen in a short amount of time. You know.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No so doubt. I've always heard. You know, you always hear. Uh, the trophies in the eye of the beholder. I mean, that's right. been said forever, and and it, it really is true. I mean, <laughs> the the guy who, which I, I when we could talk, we could talk uh, for hours about all the all the young deer that get shot, and and sometimes it's, it's a little disheartening to see. But but really, those guys shooting those small smaller younger deer. I mean, to those guys, for all we know uh, you know, that's the only day they had to hunt and, uh, they've had their struggles and, and, and to them, the trophy. And man, I I have respect for that too. No doubt.
1: Sure. Absolutely. I have this, um, I guess, I don't know, philosophy maybe that to an extent, shoot, whatever makes you happy, you know, whatever's going to check the boxes for you If you're going to put an arrow or a bullet in something, and when you're done and you walk up to it, you're going to be disappointed, then don't do it. Like, don't do it. But, you know, if you see a a two-and-a-half-year-old deer and it makes you happy, go for it. My only reservation, my only caveat to that whole situation is, like, spikes. If it's your first deer, by all means. I don't care what age you are, especially if you're a kid. Shoot a spike. But yeah, no doubt, after that first one, let's move on from spikes. You know, let's <laughs> give them, let's give them at least two, two years, three years to live. But as far as scores concerned, I never score shame like that's that's ridiculous to me. And even myself, man, I find myself. I think I shame myself more than anything. But I'll go from all ends of the spectrum, where I'm like quote unquote trophy hunting, to almost brown is down, you know, like I, (laughs) I, I float back and forth and it's just, just whatever the situation is to me. You know, I very rarely, very rarely, it does happen from time to time, but very rarely where I'm like, yeah, if I don't get one, I don't get one. I'm looking for this only and this and only this, you know, sometimes that happens, but for the most part, it's like, it's like an age class but it's never a score. I never have a score thing. I mean, except when I am guiding, because that's an expectation, I guess, of of the situation. And even that, I've kind of like learned to filter out people who are like, "I gotta get a hundred inch deer, I am gonna be upset." Um, <laughs> like, yeah, no, you you want to go hunt with somebody else. Uh, you go go home with a three. Yeah, you know, I go home with somebody who's specifically about trophy hunting and not the not the cut on a3 they just you know they're they're known for right trophy quality but um yeah i don't know for me it's like you want to come and you want to have a good time you want to have a mature buck and have a good experience then yes i'm all about it you'd love to hunt with us (laughs) but so anyway
0: uh, i get it and i respect it for sure so tell me the story
1: man tell me How did this, you said you had history with him. I want to hear about, I want to hear it all and and lay it out Uh, how you made it happen.
0: Well, uh, I'll start back to the first time I saw him, which was, uh, which was last August. So my wife had a mule deer tag, rifle mule deer tag last year. And, uh, and I scouted, I I spent more time last summer looking at mule deer than I ever have. And uh, man, I looked over a ton of good bucks and we had a pretty, pretty extensive hit list put together. And, uh, this buck was, well, he was up there towards quick. the top. You yep. say
1: last August, you talk about August, 2023 or 2022? 2022. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. No, no worries. I just wanted to make sure yeah. cause
0: that might mean different thing for somebody else. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. 2022. And so, uh, uh, you know, we had that really good monsoon and the mule there just looked great. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, we had a, we had a couple bucks right there, about the same size as this buck. When we had one that was a fair amount bigger, actually, that was our number one buck. And uh, and going into the hunt, you know, after all these bucks rubbed their velvet, they all dispersed, and man, we lost track of most of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just we kept, we really put all our eggs in in the basket of that uh, that big deer. And uh, man, for weeks and weeks leading up to the hunt look for him look for him just couldn't turn him up uh we went into the hunt hunted three days just scouring uh you know within a, probably a five mile radius of where he summered and i uh, just never did turn him up uh looked over tons of other nice respectable bucks mm-hmm. but uh then we bailed on that and and uh went over and looked for this buck and uh, we didn't turn him up, you know, the morning that we looked for him, but we turned up another buck and, and my wife just, she couldn't say no to that deer. It, it had a, a, just tons of mass, uh, mainframe three by four with a big kicker off one side and then a, and then a small drop tying off that same three point side. And so uh, we went and shot that deer and uh, that was the end of that season. And so I didn't think about mule deer again really until, uh, see you know, last January, I try to coos deer. And then, uh, so I was done for all of 2023. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I, I, my wife had a whitetail tag, so I spent all my time scouting for whitetail and, uh, you know, January, I didn't get to hunt this is January 1st, January 2nd. I really only had about half day to hunt. And so I needed somewhere, I needed to hunt somewhere that, you know, I could hunt with and be home midday. And so that that's usually mule deer for me. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, I'll, I'll go back. And so I didn't look for mule deer, but, uh, you know, a, a guy I know, he told me that he saw a huge mule, mule deer across the road and uh, out in front of him. And that was about a mile away from the where I saw this buck in velvet. You know, he was about a mile out into the flats Oh wow. um, away from any roads when I saw him the, that that summer. And so this summer, you know, in August, a guy told me, a buck crossed the road in front of him. That was huge, and he described this buck to a T. I, mean, I mean, it's is almost identical to the buck that I had seen the previous August, hmm. and so I felt confident it was the same deer. And and so I I just made a mental note that man, that deer's still alive. And so and, and also last January I saw a picture floating around social media of what I believe was this buck, and I've gone back and tried to find it, but I couldn't but it, it was in a certain type of vegetation which was oaketio hmm. and there was only really one area within you know 5 miles or so of where this buck was i had seen him in the summertime that uh, had that type of vegetation so i needed a half i needed a, a place to hunt for half a day and uh january 2nd i thought well, you know i'm going to go i'm going to go look for this buck i mean what are the chances? And so it's not like I was, I was keeping track of this buck days, day after day. Uh, I just knew he existed. And so, um, I, 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 really just rolled the dice and, and thought, man, I'm going to go look for this buck in this area. I know the area and I know there's, there's plenty of does in there. And so he's probably in that area rutting again, if he's still alive. And so I get in, in there in the dark and climb up on a, a glassing hill and and start looking around and, uh, Man, it, it didn't take long. I found him with three does, way out uh, in the flats on the edge of some small hills, and uh I, I knew it was him basically immediately. I just, you know, that the way he's built, and so I watched him, and and I and I just I thought to myself, man, I if I, I want to end my year on this deer or not, and mm-hmm. you know, I still was undecided. Really, I, I really? stared at him for a good hour. Yeah, still fully wow. undecided, and. uh I just have, I have a struggle with that. You know, I, I mean, I ended my last year, I, I first day out, first stock I made, I ended my season and, and it was, it was a long year. So yeah, um, here I do, I want to do this again. And so, uh, man, I watched that buck and, and he, and he laid down and all his does lay down real early. I mean, he only had three does and he really wasn't rutting much. He was just kind of with them anyways. They all lay down pretty early, uh, probably an hour after sunlight. Uh, so it was probably about eight o'clock they all lay down and I thought boy if if they stay there i have a I have a shot and so I, at this point, I'm about two miles away and so I really wanted to look at this deer from you know five hundred yards or something uh just you know to really know what I'm looking at and you know they yeah. they lay down they were bedded for probably five minutes and and that early in the morning the wind is just real switchy still and so i don't i don't I really don't even I really don't even try to, uh, pursue or stalk anything that early. So, right. Um, I, I just stayed put and, uh, and I'll, and I'll tell you where I was hunting. There's actually whitetail in the area as well. And so up in the hills. So I'm, I'm guilty of this, this buck batted, And I knew he wasn't going anywhere. I turned around and and started looking for whitetail and so (laughs) coos deer. And so, uh, uh anyways I, I went back to looking at this buck and, and he was bedded in a ravine and i could just see his does and i, I was really just waiting for the wind to settle and the man if they would stay where they were at which i really didn't expect them to the mule they're just up and down a lot this time of year yes but i i felt like i could kill him where he was at and so uh but i just stayed put and uh watched him on and off for about an hour. well about an, about an hour after them laying down, I see, I see a couple coyotes, and, and they come really just charging in out of nowhere. And, uh, man, they, they got one doe, and they just started circling around her, and, and they got her pushed away from the rest of the deer. Mm. And they, they started, you know, trying to bite her legs, and, and, man, she's trying like heck to get away from them. And out of nowhere, this buck he heard all that commotion. He jumps out of the ravine and he and he runs over there and he hooks one of the coyotes oh, really? with his wow. antlers and then tries stomping the other. And yeah, the doe got away. And as soon as the doe got away from him, he turned and ran with the doe. And then they chased him. They chased him for a little bit and then uh, then they you know they gave up and and they ran off and and these deer uh, they ran for probably five hundred yards and then they came down they came to a slow trot and then and then to a walk and. And then they just walked and walked and walked. And they probably covered a mile and a half. And they were actually coming closer to me. And so I'm getting a better look at this buck and thinking, boy, you know, he's good. And, you know, the, the closer it gets, the more, uh, the more, I the better I feel about, you know, trying to kill him. And, uh, you know, at this point, I'd already told, told my buddy Randy that, you know, I was on this buck. And, and he, so Randy, he was trying to wrap up some stuff at home and uh, he was going to come out and meet me. And so just a, just a spot for me, mm-hmm. and uh these deer they uh they just kept getting closer, but you know they're going th- through ravine after ravine after ravine, and uh and they finally got to where they're slowing down. I thought, man they might stay here and and then they actually ended up going up and over there's like like a ridge line, and they were sort of parallel in that ridge line, and they went up and over out of my sight, mm-hmm. and so. I told Randy he was on his way and I said, Hey, you know, come into this country from this other direction and see if you can't find them. They should be, you know, roughly right here. And, and I went, I packed up my stuff and hauled butt around. And, and so I went around and, and Randy had been looking at them, looking for them for a while and he hadn't turned them up. And so, uh, I got to where he was, uh, which was down off, off of this, off of these Hills sort of down in the flats and, I got to where he was and and just kept looking at where they should be. And and we finally found them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, I, you know, it's not real entertaining after this for quite a while, but we just, they, those, those deer, they just kept moving and moving and moving And, and they actually ran into two other does. They picked them up. Those, those does followed them. And, uh, and they just kept moving and moving. They'd feed, you know, feed for a while, and walk some more, and feed for a while, and walk some more. And then at one point, they got into some rocks, and and we're just trying to, we're just trying to keep our distance at this point uh, right. and watch them. And the shadowing wind was them. squirrely. I mean, yeah, just shadowing, and the wind was real squirrely, and so uh, we just didn't want to get too close. And uh, they got into some rocks, and then they watered. You know, those rocks had water in them, and they they watered, and then they dropped down into a canyon. And so, uh, once they dropped down into that canyon, I, you know, I knew we weren't gonna be able to see them unless we got basically in the canyon with them. So I went and, and got on that canyon edge, and Randy stayed back, and I found them. I got to 300 yards, and then, and at that point, I got a really good look at the buck. And uh, I mean, that that sealed the deal. I, I was gonna, I was all in at that point after seeing them from that close. And I kind of, I got stuck on the edge of that canyon. I got there without them seeing me. And they acted like they were going to lay down. And so I just stayed put, but there really wasn't much cover around me. I was just kind of tucked in some rocks watching them. And they and they milled around and stood around just one juniper tree forever. And I thought, boy, that's this is probably where they're going to bed. And, boy, for an hour, they sure thought about it, but then they just, they just weren't comfortable <laughs> there, so they off they go traveling again. And, and so they went probably 400 more yards and I just stayed put. I, I I couldn't follow them, uh, without being seen. So, uh, they rolled around the North face of this, of this bigger Hill. And then they really slowed down started milling around there and then just standing around. And I thought, boy, they're going to bed right there. And that's perfect. And so I saw one doe bed and then I just took that opportunity to just, I walked dead away from them. And, uh, it ended up being a, a pretty big loop, but I walked dead away from them and the wind was blowing basically uphill from where they were. So uh, I figured, man, I'm just going to be able to roll over the top of that hill. Mm-hmm. And so I went around one big hill to, and I knew once I got around the backside of that hill, I could peek over and, and look at them again. And so I, I did and they were all bedded but the buck. And I, and I thought, well, shoot, they're just going to stay there at least for a while. So... I backed off that hill. I walked way around, and then I inched my way up and over. Uh, I had seen that one doe had bedded up higher than the rest, and so she was really going to be my biggest obstacle. And they weren't very far from a fence line, so that was a really good uh, marker, yep. And so I wrapped around the backside of that hill, and uh, I started coming over, and uh, I started creeping over. And I thought I was, I wanted, I knew I wanted to go past them because I wanted to get around that doe that was bedded up higher. And there was a little bit of a rise, a small finger on that, on that hill that I could just use the contour of that. At least my thought was to use the contour of that uh, to not be seen. And I was actually going to get, not, a, I didn't want to be at the very, very top. I wanted to be down off of it some. So I figured I'd be shooting at this buck side hill. And so that's what I did. And, and, but I ended up coming over, right on top of where that doe, upper doe was bedded mm. and, and the wind was pretty stiff in my face. And so, uh, you know, I just, I kind of crept and peeked over. I could see her ears bedded, uh, probably 50 yards below me. And, and I knew, dang it, I, I need to go back. So I went back and went further down the ridge and then I started creeping down and, uh, Randy could see all of that hill, but he couldn't, all the, the top half of that hill, but he couldn't see the bottom half. Mm. And, And the only way he was going to get to a place where he could see it is if he was, you know, just a few hundred yards away. And so he he didn't want to get that close. And, but he did, when I, when I started going around, I mean, things were perfect. The grass is wet, the wind's in my face and and it's pretty stiff. It's probably seven miles an hour, eight miles an hour, something like that. And so. You know, as I was, I was rolling around the ridge just a hair more, um, I wanted to go probably 50 yards past where I was before I started coming down and behind that small finger. And uh, Randy called me and said, hey, those deer are running off. And I thought, oh, there's shit. no way. There's no way. So I, I crept over that direction that he said they were going, and I looked, and sure enough, there's two does that are trotting. And at this point, the wind, uh, which it was in my face, it actually was blowing from my right to my left. And that, that's also another reason why I wanted to get further down the ridge because uh, throughout the whole time that I was watching them, as they were getting closer where they are going to lay down, I was making mental notes the entire time of what, what the wind's doing. And so from where I'm sitting, the wind was basically switching from about, you know, if the deer, from me to the deer is 12 o'clock. The, the wind was basically switching from about 8 o'clock to 3 o'clock. Does that make sense? Yep. So I knew that, you you know, yep. So at about 11 o'clock, so from where I was to where they were bedded when I was sitting, waiting for them to lay down, I'll just say, I'll just, from where they were, the wind was basically blowing mostly from the north to the south, but it would sometimes rotate from the north west all the way around and then to the south all the way to the south and slightly southwest oh wow okay but it would never blow directly from like the west southwest and so that was for about a half an hour period that i was keeping track of it so i knew that's the direction i really wanted to approach them from and so anyways when he said those 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 deer are running uh, i peeked over and the wind had actually turned and was coming from the east slightly Southeast and they were, they were Northwest of me. And so what it ended up being is just a doe and a fawn that were there that I had no idea was there and uh, oh, yeah. they smelled me and, and they trotted around the hill. And so I, I, once I realized that it was just a doe and a fawn, you know, I went back and, and just started stalking those bedded deer again. And, uh, I finally got to a position where I could just slowly start to peek over and, and the grass was tall. And uh, I just, I got to where I was looking through the grass down and where I expected him to be. And sure enough, I see antlers and, and he was bedded. And so I couldn't range him at that point. I had to continue forward and around. But I, I man, once I got to that point, I felt really good. I knew he was within shooting range. And so I, I crept forward just a little more and where I could actually range him. I was, he was 62 yards. Uh, so I crept just a little more forward to where I knew that I could sit down and be out of his sight because of that finger. The contour of that small finger on that hill mm-hmm. and uh it, but if I stood up I'd have a shot and so he was bedded in a, in a way which I couldn't shoot him in his bed he was bedded quartering to me real hard mm-hmm. and so uh I just stayed put I you know I have I always carry always wear knee pads and so it makes those long sits nice and comfortable but uh I, I stayed down basically out of his sight about every minute I would peek up to, to my knees just to make sure he was still there and then I'd come back down and and I, so I was, I, I was going to just sit there and, and wait it out until he stood up. And so uh, the whole time, the wind was pretty good. It was still kind of rotating that same radius that it had, but it was never at my back. And so for 20 minutes, I was at 60 yards. And uh, at, at right, probably 20 minutes of being there, um, I felt the wind hit the back of my neck. Oh, and Jesus. so uh, the minute it did that, the minute it did that, I instantly clipped my release I came up, I lifted one foot to where I could just, you know, uh, Stiff. one knee was down, one foot was, uh, one knee was up, you know, my foot was on the ground and, uh, I, I, knelt up and, and instantly, um, I see him, his nose go up in the air and he kind of turns and looks up in my direction. And uh, then he begins to stand up, and the, as he stood up, I stood up and drew back. And uh, he stood up; he was perfectly broadside, and he started looking around for his doze. And then um, I was—I was just getting ready to settle the pin. He twisted to walk away and uh, and stop, he, quartering away really hard. And I just settled my pin and released, and and that arrow just arched right into his last rib and just drove right up into his brisket. And uh, he ran; he ran about. 80 yards, just blood going everywhere. Uh, tried to make it up and over a boulder, couldn't make it. Uh, backpedaled a little bit and tipped over. So just, awesome! <laughs> yeah, just picture perfect, really. Yeah,
1: that's a nice, clean story, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it, that's, so it
0: was. That's what's the, that?
1: T- that's the textbook. Uh, what you want to happen, right? So,
0: yeah, it really was. I really, really was. I mean, obviously, I'd have preferred the wind not to, to blow towards him, but it happens. And, uh, you know, I was, I was ready. So,
1: yeah, you just got to recognize that because, yeah. I mean, how many times does that happen? Right. And then you don't have that ability or you're not ready. Yeah. Or a deer doesn't get up slowly, it smells you and jumps up and runs, you know. That's the one great thing about hunting the rut. That usually they don't bolt when they get out of beds if they got does there.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And one interesting one interesting thing about it is, you know, but I, because I was sitting so low in the grass, so I wouldn't be seen. Because because if if I got too high, I'd be skylined, and so I just really sat down uh, just off the just off the lip of that, of that small finger that was on that hill. It's just a small amount of contour that I had recognized from where I was looking at before. And so, um, but, but anyways, after I shot, so after I say that because I haven't, I, I I wasn't, I couldn't really see much other than the top of the bucks antlers. And Mm -hmm. so I couldn't see what was going on down there, but after I shot, you know, he blew out of there and then all the does kind of scattered and right in the center of all the does was a, a coyote and the coyote took run, took off running too. So that coyote had snuck his way into the middle of all those does and, and they may have <laughs> known about him. They may, may not have, I don't know. Cause I couldn't see them, but, uh, uh, boy, he was right in the middle of them. That's crazy.
1: Did you get any video? Uh, when you, I was going to ask you when you were telling the story, earlier. did you get any video of the, the buck hooking that coyote?
0: No, I caught ah, the tail end of it of of the of the coyote kind of just running away from him, and then uh, and then him turning and running off. No, I missed all that. Darn it! <laughs> I mean, it happened so fast. I yeah, just, I'm
1: sure it did. Yeah, and keeping yeah. track of them when they're coming across you know, things, it's like it's really hard.
0: Yeah, well, they were bedded at that point, so I really couldn't even see him, and so I, you know, I just really had I could just see the does bedded, and so I had no. No reason to have the video rolling, and, and out of nowhere they just they just charged in there, and so that's crazy. I, I grabbed my phone immediately to video, but uh, I'm just a hair late. I'm surprised There was only two of them doing that
1: because like I've seen that happen, but I've never seen it with like you know just two coyotes.
0: Yeah, I, I've seen it with just one. I, but it, it's almost like most of the time they just they kind of just charge in there and, and and just see if they can get lucky and get one deer isolated, and and they did, and and so. I don't know that they would have killed her, but they, there's a good chance they might have. I've seen them kill, not mule deer as much as, as coos deer, but I've seen them kill small coos deer. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, they're so effective and, and uh, the vast majority of people don't even realize it. You know, they consider them as as rabbit and mice eaters and and boy, they're good at killing deer big time. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I got a, I got video of uh, four of them taking down a muley buck in South Dakota. Um, That's nice. Some years ago, that video went actually went viral. I put it up as a real...
0: Oh, I think I've seen it. Yeah, yeah,
1: and uh, yeah. You know, people always talk about them not doing it, but I've seen I've seen bobcat. I saw a bobcat take out a doe, kuz buck or kuz doe out. Uh, geez, I don't know how many years ago that was. It was like fifteen years ago. Didn't have yeah. a phone scope, yeah. but that you know it was it was pretty crazy you know you see that all the time and you hear people talk oh well, yeah they only they only take out the sick and the, the weak and mostly rodent i'm like nah i've seen him take out you know perfectly healthy you know full oh yeah full good brack buck too that buck was, yes, you know, no was no, yeah no doubt no he was an older buck he wasn't he wasn't a baby so yeah it's crazy well, that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm super happy for you. That's a great buck, yeah, hell of a, hell of a muley. It's okay for you to step out out of the, uh, out of the your comfort zone or your uh, your norm, I should I guess,
0: to shoot yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, did appreciate you, you, it. You didn't score him, did you? Not that I really. No, shot, I but. will. I will score him. Yeah, I'll score him. But um, man, I usually wait. I just, I just don't. You know I it's common. You come home and you score him. And then, man, if he's whatever, ends, you know, 187-inch gear or whatever he ends up being, that, that's now that all of a sudden that's 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 what he is. And yep. I, I, I like to appreciate him for what he truly is for, you know, a good couple of weeks. And uh, then I'll score him. We'll see. Yeah. I typically don't score for almost the same
1: reason. I just don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to yep. be like, oh, man, I thought he was this. You know, I, right. I, I don't ever, if I, if I shoot something, I don't ever want to feel like upset that I did. Um, right. And not that it doesn't happen every once in a while. Like it happened to me this year in South Dakota and, and actually New, New York, both of my bucks that I shot this year. I was like, why did, you know, why didn't I hold out? But yeah, I, I've been asked like my, my buck from last year here, everybody keeps asking me well, what I scored. I haven't scored them and I really don't know. I re- honestly he's still because the way he's built and he's most he's got a lot of mass and you know characters so i don't i really don't know what he would score but i don't want to know because if he comes back less than what i kind of think he is in my head then i don't want to have that feeling like of disappointment <laughs> you know it's just yeah yeah so
0: yeah well fortunately for me i'm almost always low when i when so I, am i you know if i <laughs> yeah,
1: judge things and of the the time, good I'm thing is uh,
0: that's, that's usually why, that's another reason why I wait. I just, I usually wait a few weeks and, uh, you know, and if he isn't ends up not being what I thought he was, it, it, it doesn't sting so much when it's been a few weeks, you know, I just, uh, I've enjoyed him and fondled him enough that it doesn't matter at that point. And so, yeah, I, I definitely use score a lot. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's it's really one of the best ways to reference to, Whoever you're speaking with about sure, the sure. caliber of buck you're you're looking at, and and to be quite honest, most of the people that I involve myself with, they they like to score things, and uh, and so that's just a part of our conversation, right? Uh, most of the time, and so about I've been asked literally not exaggerating you know probably a hundred times what this year scores and of course uh, I gotta disappoint everybody when I tell them I haven't scored yet so. yep no I,
1: I I get it I figured that was a question you were getting
0: <laughs> yeah no doubt so no down so and and vast majority of people they throw out a gas and and the vast majority have been right around that 190 mark and so there's a good chance that he they're probably right as he's probably right in that range Yeah, looks, it looks, it looks
1: looks it to me. That's if I, (laughs) if I had to, I was going to say high eighties, low nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's right in there. Yeah. It's a good book. Really good book. Congrats, man. Yeah,
0: for sure. So
1: I appreciate you coming on and sharing that story with us.
0: Yeah. No problem. No uh, problem. You know, if you, if you got the time for it, uh, you know, I can tell you another coyote story that happened earlier in the year. Sure. Go ahead. I, uh, I got lucky and drew a a pronghorn tag in Arizona. Um, it's arguably the worst tag in the state. Really. It's a, it's an archery tag, but it's the easiest tag to draw. And and after, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) after being there, after being there, I understand why, but, uh, you know, I, they give out 10 tags for that unit, which is a ton for the amount of huntable antelope. And so anyways, I got there early and scouted and, uh, and I found a really big buck. And so I was kind of all in on that buck. I had found a few other bucks while scouting, but boy, they, there really wasn't much to choose from there. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, for the first few days before the season started, there was nobody else around. I thought I had this buck to myself and and that unit's loaded with trees. And so the, the, the antelope pretty much live in the trees all the time. And, yep. and this buck, he was running the, The trees, but he he would come out into a meadow uh, basically every day, at least every day that I scouted him. And he'd come out to the same place every day, roughly. And so I thought, boy, I might be able to kill this thing. And, And so I had him, had him to myself. And then opening morning, he was right where he was supposed to be. I got very close to killing him, got to about 120 yards. And then, and then uh, he just kind of he didn't know I was there but he just kind of went off into the into the thick trees and I just never did catch up to him but I really wasn't gonna push him much i he was about the only buck I wanted to shoot in the whole in the whole unit that I was aware of so uh, I was just trying to take it easy and not spook him so I wasn't real aggressive left him alone um that evening I uh, got on the on the edge of that meadow and was just sort of waiting for him to to surface and see if I could do anything with uh, the situation and, and boy, right at dark, he came out into the meadow. And, uh, some guys were down on one of the main roads and, and they spotted him out in there. And so mm-hmm. they, they hauled butt and drove to the edge of that meadow. And then they hopped out with their decoy and just ran right into the center of the meadow and, and just <laughs> completely blew him out of there. And so, uh, <laughs> oh, and so I, I was frustrated as you can imagine, but, um, the next morning, I hunted for him, couldn't find him, and uh, couldn't find him. Um, I, I sort of befriended another guy uh, named Corey that had the same tag. He's a super good guy, and him and, and his group actually saw that buck midday while I wasn't there. That buck walked out into that meadow midday. They saw him, and so now that so now they know about him. And uh, boy, it just seemed like out of nowhere, this this place just got flooded with hunters. And so once I saw the people, uh, around there, I did something I never do. And I built a ground blind. I, I just ground blind. Isn't my style, but boy, I just, I didn't want to try to get and, you know, try to stock this thing, um, with everybody else trying to stock them at the same time. So I really thought, man, this thing comes out into this meadow. So regularly, I'm going to build a blind right in the center of it. Mm. And so that's what I did. And, uh, my, my cousin, Nick was there through this process as well, but, uh, the second day, I didn't even see the buck. Uh, that other group did in the middle of the day. I, I couldn't tell you what all the other hunters saw, but I uh, I built the blend, but I didn't sit it that evening. I just hunted around there, and, man, there was people surrounding that meadow. It's like the word got out, and uh, they, were, <laughs> they were all over the place. And so the next morning, same thing, I hunted all around there. Couldn't find it, but I had to run into town because my camp trailer had some problems, had to buy some parts. So I ran into town, came back, and then um, I was at my camp, and, and the guy, Corey, that I had uh, uh, been talking to off and on, he comes into my camp, and, and uh, he's like, hey, man, I think I shot your buck. And I said, you got to be kidding. What happened? And and so he said, well, the guys, my, you know, he had a group of guys helping him, mm-hmm. and uh, they spotted that buck come to the edge of the meadow midday and bed down, or, or mid-morning, I should say, late morning, and so he went out there, he he snuck in. Long story short, he shot the buck in the shoulder, and the oh, buck ran shit. off. And he, and he had some video, but there was another buck using the same meadow. And boy, it looked like a smaller buck. And so I just wasn't sure um, in the video what buck it was. And so that evening, I said, well, I'm just going to sit my blind. I, um, and so he, he would, he told me what was going to happen. I actually, I actually got to that area right after it happened. Mm. I could see him walking. I could see the buck way back up in the trees walking. And then I could see this, this group, this hunter and his group of friends kind of just trying to work that direction. And so, um, anyways, I knew roughly where the buck had gone, but I thought it was a smaller buck and I, I wasn't sure. And so anyways, I set my blind and, uh, I'm sitting there and, and I'm glassing way back in the trees and I can see these guys up their blood trail. And I thought, man, I don't know about this. I I don't even know if this buck's going to come out because there's so much activity so much going, on. going and, on. Yeah. And so, but I, I just hung tight. Something told me, you know, and, uh, something told me just to hang tight and trust me nothing ever tells me to sit in a blind ever, <laughs> but something was telling me to sit in a blind this day. And so I just sat tight and I, uh, you know, I sat in there and, uh, and I just kept scouring the tree line. And out of nowhere, um, after being there for a few hours, out of nowhere, I catch a flash of movement. And all of a sudden, this buck comes running out of the trees. This is the big buck. And he's got an arrow stuck in his shoulder. And he is flying out of the trees. And right on his tail is a coyote. Oh, and that coyote is chasing him right out into the middle of the meadow. And I, And I do believe that. He felt comfortable in this meadow, and, and that's where he wanted to be, you know, with a coyote on his tail. He wanted to be out in the open. And so they come out into the meadow, and then they kind of turn, and they come on and straight to me. And, and as you know, antelope are fast, and yes. a coyote is fast. And so they're flying. This buck's running like there's not a thing wrong with him. He just has an arrow sticking out of, the, out of his shoulder. And so mm-hmm. uh, he's just flying in, and, uh, and he's coming right to me. And so I'm thinking, boy, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work out, but you know I'm going to be ready. And so I'm trying to range him, but which, which was pointless because he's flying to me. And so uh, before long, I know he's close, like very close, and, and he's like acting like he's going to run right through the center of my blind. And he finally peels off to my left, and uh, and he and he turns broadside. And and so you have milliseconds to make a decision, because I, I never in a million years would I shoot at a running it pronghorn yet alone no. running anything and right. so with my bow and so i thought boy i mean do i i really don't have anything to lose i mean and and these this decision's made and just i'm telling you milliseconds and so but in my mind i'm thinking i've got nothing to lose this thing's already wounded he's got a coyote quite possibly going to catch him and kill him uh so I go back and I'm like trying to make every noise in the book to stop this thing. And he it's, you know, he's flying by the right. line and all my pins are covering his body. And so I'm like, yeah, I got nothing to lose. So I, I led that thing like three feet and just released and, and my arrow hit him, he but it hit him back. And so the buck ran off the coyote. Once I shot the coyote, it hit the brakes and took off and the buck ran off into the meadow and stopped. And, uh, and so I drew back and, and I was shaking like a leaf. I mean, I am i don't get buck fever often much anymore until after I shoot. Yep. I'm usually pretty composed, but boy, I was shaking like a leaf. I couldn't believe what just happened. And so he stopped out there at 90, which again, I, I shoot at targets a ton at 90, but I really don't shoot at animals at 90 much uh, just for personal reasons. But I had nothing to lose. He's already hit twice. So I shot at him, but I was shaking so bad. I missed this thing by like four feet. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And so long story short, the buck ran off into the trees. And so I went out and, uh, and just got eyes on him and he bedded down. And so I s- sat 200 yards from him and I'm like, boy, I, I do not want to booger this thing because I, I, he's for sure hit back. And so I know he's going to die tonight or worst case. And so, or early tomorrow morning, and so uh, I sit there, and, and I'm just going to watch him till dark, and then I'll, I'll see what surfaces or what happens, and, and I'll make a decision right before dark. Maybe I can sneak in there and shoot him again, or I may just leave him because the last thing I want to do is, is is push him again, and then and I really might lose this thing. And so uh, after being there like an hour, another coyote comes and starts <laughs> like trailing this thing. I said, okay, enough, enough, and so I got behind a big ponderosa pine, and I walked right to him. The buck couldn't see me because I was behind there, and then I stepped out and shot him at fifty yards, and and then he, you know, was over at that point. But uh, the coyotes, coyotes are crazy, man. Yep, yep, yeah. I want to. I'll tell you,
1: Charles actually got his buck in South Dakota, my my hunting partner, because of a coyote too. I can't tell you how many times coyotes have screwed up my, my stocks, but every once in a while they work, yeah. for, they work in your favor. <laughs> so that's funny. Yeah. yeah
0: just, uh, I, I mean, to, to, to date, that's my craziest hunting story. I shot a buck. Oh, so, oh yeah, how you know, that? after, after I shot him, I went back to, I went back to the blind I had made. Mm-hmm. So for one, I, for one, the craziest part of this whole thing may be that I sat in a blind and killed something from a blind. That may be the craziest part of this whole thing, but you know, I I I went and and ranged that thing, and I shot him at eleven yards. And uh, I never in a million years thought I'd shoot a buck, an antelope buck that was already shot with an arrow in, him, that was r- running by me at f- full speed. Mm-hmm. I never shot. I thought I'd shoot a buck that was being chased by a coyote, and then he was a stud on top of all of it. So definitely not my my biggest accomplishment as far as getting in range and yeah and shooting this thing but uh just a crazy crazy opportunity that i wasn't gonna pass up
1: they got the guy that put the first arrow in him did you did you share some meat with him or something
0: <laughs> well i called him and so uh i called him and, and his buddies and i told i told him what happened and so they they came over to where i was and uh i didn't go up to the animal i, I you know, it was, it was kind of strange, but I felt a little guilty, like I stole this buck from this guy. So uh, I really stole it from the coyote. But um, and this guy had been nice to me, and, and just a good, good, solid group of guys. So I called them, and they came over, and uh, I actually, I actually recovered the buck with them, and it was it was just a cool, neat experience. And, nice. And and in this day and age, it's tough to it's tough to come across a good group of hunters like that. And so, sure. Sure. I just shared shared that moment with them, and uh, and now that you bring it up, I realize that how greedy I am, and I, I kept all that precious pronghorn meat to myself. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you're all right, man.
1: They weren't. They weren't probably not going to recover that buck, it's based on what you were saying. So
0: no, I no the buck. Yeah. The buck was was. I mean, no, no. He so he actually came from uh, the complete opposite direction. Uh, from where they had last seen him, okay. that buck had moved a long ways, and actually came out of the trees the opposite direction, from the other side of the meadow. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, that buck had that. that I don't think that buck was going to die from from that arrow. Definitely not. But the coyotes obviously may have gotten him eventually. Sure, sure.
1: Well, oh, awesome, man. Now, great stories. Always a pleasure to have you on. Appreciate you for coming on and sharing those with us, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon, man.
0: Yeah, thanks, John. Appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the show. Really appreciate you. Keep those reviews and those comments coming. Helps us keep this free. Do me a favor, go check out Phoenix Shooting Bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save twenty percent. All one word. And check out Howl for Wildlife. Thank you very
0: much, and we'll catch you on the next show.